If a man be lucky, there is no foretelling the possible extent of his good fortune. Pitch him into the Euphrates, and like as not, he will swim out with a pearl in his hand. Welcome to Learn With Us, brought to you by 303 and We are a team of four non-financial advisors who are exploring a revolutionary new financial approach that goes beyond money to prioritize your emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. Through weekly meetings and engaging podcasts, we strive to help you improve all aspects of your well-being as well as ours. Come join us on this journey of growth and self-improvement because at 303 and we believe true wealth extends beyond dollars and cents. Happy learning. We got everybody here today. How's it going? How are Hello. you? Hi. We're reading The Richest Man in Babylon, Chapter 4, Meet the Goddess of Good Luck. Did anybody find her? I haven't found her yet. <laughs> According to this, you're not. You're supposed to make your own luck. <laughs> well, she favors the um, men of action. Yeah, the goddess of good luck favors people of action. I feel like that's the number one. Not the number one, but it's definitely up there in problems why people don't start their financial journey. Is that they won't start. That's <laughs> I don't know a better way to put it. <laughs> yeah, it's really just that hard to... Take the leap. Yeah. We get stuck at working. Work is the first step. But then there's more to it than that. Well, the the chapter starts with, well, we're still at the, what is it? The Temple of Learning, which I think is an amazing place. I wish it existed in real life where anybody who's really good at something can go and give lessons for free and then people take them take those lessons for free and you can debate people and it would be so cool i like how it's not just debating though it's like the king could walk in there and he is treated as someone as normal as everyone because it's there for peer learning so they want his brain not your status stays at the door basically you're all at this point everyone's equal they had it going on for sure they had so we don't know how 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 long has been but they're done talking about the seven cures and now our cat for some reason decides to let the students choose what they're going to talk about and one of the kids well one of the students a young one apparently he found some gold on the street on his way to the class and he thought hey maybe we can talk about luck and how you know how it works because it would be super cool if i can find another purse with gold and that's how the conversation started. The um, let's see. So, I thought. Oh, yes. Go for it. No, you go, go first. You sure? Because well, okay. all I was gonna say is yeah. that I thought it was interesting that our cat didn't dismiss the the topic. He didn't say what luck. That's silly. He thought, mm, luck. There, there might be something to it because maybe I can use the term even, and and use the term to. I'm sorry. Maybe I can use the term to well as we find out later on to introduce a really really interesting problem that's procrastination yeah it's weird how it leads to that but it's it it makes sense it's not like he pulls it out of nowhere they're one in the same somehow so i guess we should all ask ourselves if we know anybody just like our cat asked the class do we know anybody who has by luck obtained a large amount of money or maybe not luck, but 
through no effort of their own. I can't say I have any personal experience of even finding a wallet. I think when I, when I was young, I did I did come across a large sum of money. I think I spent it on a laptop, like an, a bicycle, some stuff. <laughs> oh, spent, dang, like a large I sum of money. All, yeah. But I spent it all, though. I didn't think, nah. hmm, maybe I can save some of it. That didn't happen. But nobody in the class, it's the same. Nobody in the class has seen it or, or knows of anybody who's... Who's made their fortune by nothing yeah. but luck. No, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. So, our God said, oh, and go for it, man. No, I just, he makes a good point that where would you look for luck? And, like, my number one spot, I think about the horse races for some reason. That was my, like, in my brain. That's where I went, the horse track. Not that I've ever been, but that's where I was like, that's where you need that, the most that's luck. The spot that, that's the spot that's not, like, taboo. The cas- well, maybe the casino also now. More so now than before. Yeah. But it is true that the house always wins. Well, yeah, but that's why I was thinking horses. It's more like... Is that horse ready? Like, all that's pretty much, that's up to luck. That's not up to, no matter how much research you do, it's up to that horse that day. Unlike, you know, like, stocks or whatever, even with research, you can there you can generally see where they're going to head. But a horse could just give out halfway through, and it's over. I don't know. That's where luck seems to be needed the most. To me. <laughs> I don't I don't remember if he explained how it worked at the at the horses, but he did explain a trick with the dice when you play the dice, how you only win four times or something like that, but the house always gets to keep one one sixth of all the bets. So even when you win one yeah, fifth, one I think fifth, it is. Okay. So whenever even when you win, you're still the house is still winning. Like yeah. Because you're, it took five other people's money, combined it on, gave you like a quarter, and they still and they take still the rest. Get, yeah. I have a story. So one time when I was, I think, 22 or something, I was really into Magic the Gathering. <laughs> and then Wait, what's that? It's, it's a, card a card game. game. Okay. It's like collectible cards. Some of them can be expensive. So I used that as an excuse to use the last of my money to buy a pack. Yep. Thinking, hey, this is an investment. If I this buy if I buy this envelope and a good car comes in, I can I can double my money or whatever. It but now you know it that's gambling. Work. It didn't work. Yeah, that was that was a lot Do you still money. have the cards? Those those cards? No, I got rid of them a long time ago. But you bought more it looks like. After that. <laughs> Just look, look on your face. <laughs> I think so, though I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the last time that I spent money on those cards. No, yeah, they had dice as in like a different, sounds like back then, they just painted one side of the dice and then rolled it, and if it landed on the painted side, you won the money, mm-hmm. but most chances you weren't going to. So, I, I like this quote Arkad says, uh, but, and it's about horse races too. First it says, what reason have we to feel the good goddess would take that much interest in any man's bet upon a horse race? And then he says, To me, she is a goddess of love and dignity, whose pleasure it is to aid those who are in need and to reward those who are deserving. Mm-hmm. So, it just it doesn't sound like he really believes in just luck. 
Like you only like luck is Those real. Those who are but, deserving of yeah, it. Yeah, you have to earn. Kind of like you, yeah, luck. exactly. You have to earn it. Like you have to make your own luck. No, I think I've heard that before. I feel like that is a quote. I think I think somewhere. you could you could make the argument that Arcot is talking about two kinds of luck. The first one, the kind of that barely happens, but happens. It's real. We cannot deny it. You're walking on the street and you find money. That's luck. For sure. Well, that, that brings up a quick question. What What is luck? What I mean, without looking it up, what, what to you is luck? So, so now that I've read the book, there's two kinds of luck. The first one is the one that I mentioned. And that's the, it's like the serendipity. No, ser- serendipitous events are luck but then there's the other one where you uh, and it's not well i guess it's i can still call it luck but it's when you kind of um, level the playing field on your in your favor so like you you change the odds a bit and you make it so that so what happens is that you become you you get good at recognizing luck when it's about to happen Oh, that's true. That's enough. Yeah. You have to know that the opportunity is there yeah. or the, the chance to use luck that it's knocking on the door or whatever. You guys look like you have something to say. Go. Mine was just, I was just going to say, I think of it about like a train track, but where the train's coming and it's going to go down a bunch of different rails. And you don't know which one, but you have to at least put your rail, like you have to build the rail to be able to even have a chance for the train to go down it where most people are like oh i you know i'm gonna do it one day i'm gonna start that track and they never do and that's why luck never decides to come down your rails or however you want to put it what about you amanda i was gonna say that one kind of luck is if uh say you go into the ice cream shop and you look down on the counter or on the shelf below and there's a hundred dollar bill that somebody else just dropped and nobody else is around. And so that that's your lucky day. You found a hundred bucks. That's happened to me before. But, or the other kind of luck that luck that you would make would be at work, say going above and beyond your, your other coworkers and then getting a, like a special bonus. I feel like you get that hundred dollar bonus. And so I feel like that's something that you, you like you earned that sort of like, yeah, it's lucky you got chosen for the bonus, but it was your hard work that made your boss want to choose you right. for the bonus. Right, I guess. I don't know. I get what you're that saying. was how I was thinking about it. The second one is the one that our cat would would say, "Yeah, that's let's work on that one." That's the one you can control. Control. <clears throat> yeah. The one you contribute to. It, true. So they established that you know the first kind of luck is it's not. It's not reasonable to rely on it. There was no one else in the room that even had another story to attribute to be like, oh, well, yeah, I just found this mm-hmm. yesterday. Like, uh, no one. That's, so that's how rare you. it is. It's just so rare. And, well, and even as we have learned, even if, even if you're lucky enough to, you know, win the lottery or something, you're probably going to lose it anyways. Cause you, but anyways, I digress. So after, after they conclude that, then our cat... Well, not it wasn't our cat. It was somebody else from the from the audience. They say, uh, "Why don't we talk about those those opportunities or instances when we could have been lucky, but we did something ourselves, and then that good luck that could have been never was." 
That's beneficial for a couple of ways because it helps you learn where you missed, but then also everyone else, and even us nowadays, we're still using his story to learn where luck was begging him to do something and they generally chose not to, just, as you'll find out. <laughs> yeah, a great, a, great, a great approach because it's kind of like um, talking about the mistakes that you do. So it's an, a little bit of introspection. The, so one of the people from the audience, he, he had a story to tell about that where he could have been lucky, but because of something that he did or didn't do, lucky avoided him. Let's read the story. I'll start. All right. So this is how the story goes. It goes. This is the, the first story. It goes. Many years ago, when I was a young man, just married and well started to earning, my father did come one day and urged most strongly that I enter in an investment. The son of one of his good friends had taken notice of a barren tract of land not far beyond the outer walls of our city. It lay high above the canal where no water could reach it. The son of my father's friend devised a plan to purchase this land, build three large water wheels that could be operated by, uh, by oxen and thereby raise the life-giving waters to the fertile soil. This accomplished, he planned to divide into small tracts and sell to the residents of the city for herb patches. Good business idea. The son of my father's friend did not possess sufficient gold to complete such an, such an undertaking. Like myself, he was a young man earning a fair sum. His father, like mine, was a man of large family and small means. He, therefore, decided to invest, decided to interest a group of men to enter the enterprise with him. The group was to comprise 12, each of whom must be a money earner and agree to pay one-tenth of his earnings into the enterprise until the land was made ready for sale. All would then share justly in the profits in proportion to their investments. Thou, my son, bespoke my father unto me, art now in thy young manhood. It is my deep desire that thou begin the building of a valuable state for myself, that thou a state for myself that thou mayest become respected among men. What? This doesn't make this is a mistake, huh? It should have said it is my deep desire that thou begin the building of a valuable state of a valuable state for thyself, that thou mayest become respected among men. I desire to see thou profit from a knowledge of the thoughtless mistakes of thy father. You wanna go? This do I most ardently desire my father, I replied. Then this I do advise. Do what I should have done at thy age. From thy earnings keep out one-tenth and put into favorable investments with this one-tenth of thy earnings and what it will also earn thou canst before thou art my age accumulate for thyself a valuable estate thy words are words of wisdom my father greatly do i desire riches yet there are many uses to which my earnings are called therefore do i hesitate to do as thou dost Dost advise me? I am young. There is plenty of time. So I thought at thy age, yet behold, many years have passed, and I have not yet made the beginning. 
we live in a different age, my father. I shall avoid thy mistakes. Opportunity stands before thee, my son. It is offering a chance that may lead to wealth. I beg of thee, do not delay. Go upon the morrow to the son of my friend and bargain with him to pay 10% of thy earnings into his investment. Go promptly upon the morrow. Opportunity awaits for no man. Today it is here, soon it is gone. Therefore delay not. In spite of the advice of my father, I did hesitate. There were beautiful new robes just brought by the tradesmen from the east, robes of such rich richness and beauty. My good wife and I felt we must each possess one. Should I agree to pay one-tenth of my earnings into the enterprise, we must deprive ourselves of these and other pleasures we dearly desire. I delayed making a decision until it was too late. Much to my subsequent regret, the enterprise did prove to be more profitable than any man had prophesied. This is my tale showing how I did permit good luck to escape. Dang. That's like every kid out there. I feel like it doesn't matter how old you, or what era it is that teenagers all <laughs> say the same thing. I got plenty of time. Who needs to worry about when you're old? Yeah. <laughs> Why do we say this guy was a teenager? I think he was like probably 20s or 30s. Yeah, that's still teen. Still not. Yeah, still not, not ready in the mindset. I literally just said that to my kid the other day. It was quit waiting. You're, quit waiting. Start now. Yeah, because mag- we said you'd be where we are, or you'd be even further than we are by the time you're our age. Like That's what you're not grasping. <laughs> Like, yeah, you could start when we do, but that's, like, no. <laughs> Learn from our mistake. Oh, this is a quick little story, but my uh, grandfather always said, you know where we live, there's a local direct subs. Well, it was a bunch of teachers got together and did that, made a sub shop, and they asked him to invest, and he's like, who's going to want subs? And then it blew up, became a chain, and put them all over the North Country, and it's like, uh, Your grandpa yeah, and he always told me that. that. He's like, oh, man. Because any time he brought it up, he'd be like, you know, I could have invested into that one time. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Especially now I learn this when I'm older. I'm like, oh, man, that's why he gets so upset about it because he always thinks. I was this close. It was right there knocking. Then I could have Jack subs for free. Yeah, imagine the... <laughs> I was going to say, what do you mean who doesn't want subs? I freaking love you. Especially I don't know what he said. I was just <laughs> inferring. See, the, thing, the thing about the story, though, is that did he invest in anything else after he realized he could have invested in that? Not to my knowledge. He never, you know, Damn. I never heard him, like, so brag about what he did invest in. He always talked about that one time he didn't. That's mm-hmm. true. That or maybe that one time was just the one really big pop that he could have But had, you're right. You know? That could have almost inspired him to where, well, I'm not missing out on the next one. But he took it the other way as That's in like, right. well, there it goes. Huh. That's right. So he didn't learn the lesson. That's true. What's well, another lesson? Spoiler alert. Oh, I was going to say spoiler alert. They... They say that it was procrastination what got in the way of uh, of good luck. We're all procrastinators, for sure. I think it's I think it's part of the human condition to procrastinate. We have to 
in order to not procrastinate, you have to go against, you have to put effort. Well, it makes me think of that story about the one single calf. The guy starts his empire. He's now known as the local trader, but before he was nobody and he started his empire with just buying one cow, letting it grow, and now he's known as the trader. So just even you think, oh, I can't do much being one single cow, but as a cow today could be four cows in a month or however long it takes. You cloning these cows? No. <laughs> Sorry. I think another, well, personally, what helps me, uh, what what helps my patience with procrastination, because it's very easy to beat yourself up and not come up with proactive, or not be proactive when it comes to procrastination. You just get lost in the fact that you're a procrastinator and that's lame and maybe you're lame and whatever. Anyways, see what happens is that in the universe, there's the law of conservation of momentum. And the law of conservation of momentum says that any, any object with mass in the universe will only move when you exercise force on it. No force, no movement. If you think about it, the object not moving is the object in a way procrastinating. So it's the natural condition of everything that has mass to procrastinate. If you want to not procrastinate, you have to exercise force, which is energy. So don't feel bad if you procrastinate because every, every it's just everything in the universe procrastinates and i don't know. I don't think you should be take one's advice don't be a procrastinator <laughs> listen to no, our no, cat no, i'm not saying i'm not saying procrastinate i'm saying that the reason you procrastinate is because it's natural it's not because you're broken or oh or for something's sure wrong with you no it's it's everything in the universe procrastinates because Nothing moves unless you put energy or force. But now that you know you have this procrastination, you can work around it. Yeah, once you're made aware of it, though, I feel like now it is your responsibility to step up just a little bit. Oh, for sure. And we know the seven cures, so there's literally no excuse. <laughs> they, did, they do talk about another story, though, where the other one's really good, too. We should, we should, um, we should at least read it, where they let good luck escape because of procrastination. Oh, right here, I have. Oh, and now let us hear another tale of opportunity. Who has for us another experience? Demanded Arcad. I have responded a red-robed man of middle age. I am a buyer of animals, mostly camels and horses. Sometimes I do also buy the sheep and goats. The tale I am about to relate will tell truthfully how opportunity came one night when I did least expect it. Perhaps for this reason I did let it escape. Of this you shall be the judge. Returning to the city one evening after a disheartening ten days journey in search of camels, I was much angered to find the gates of the city closed and locked. While my slaves spread our tent for the night, which we looked to spend with little food and no water, I was approached by an elderly farmer who, like ourselves, found himself locked outside. Honored sir, he addressed me, from thy appearance I do judge thee to be a buyer. If this be so, much would I like to sell to thee the most excellent flock of sheep just driven up. 
Alas, my good wife lies very sick with the fever. I must return with all haste. Buy thou my sheep, that I and my slaves may mount our camels and travel back without delay. So dark it was that I could not see his flock, but from the bleeding I did know it must be large. Having wasted ten days searching for camels I could not find, I was glad to bargain with him. In his anxiety he did set a most reasonable price. I accepted, well knowing my slaves could drive the flock through the city gates in the morning and sell at a substantial profit. The bargain concluded. I called my slaves to bring torches that we might count the flock, which the farmer declared to contain nine hundred. I shall not burden you, my friends, with a description of our difficulty in attempting to count so many thirsty, restless, milling sheep. It proved to be an impossible task. Therefore, I bluntly informed the farmer I would count them at daylight and pay him then. Please, most honorable sir, he pleaded, pay me but two-thirds of the price tonight that I may be on my way. I will leave my most intelligent and educated slave to assist to make the count in the morning. He is trustworthy, and to him thou canst pay the balance. But I was stubborn and refused to make payment that night. The next morning before I woke, the city gates opened, and four buyers rushed out in search of flocks. They were most eager and willing to pay high prices because the city was threatened with siege and food was not plentiful. Nearly three times the price at which he had offered the flock to me did the old farmer receive for it. Thus was rare good luck allowed to escape. That's kind of messed up. Not only did he miss out on a good discount, but then he, he could have got an even better deal on selling them because they were in such high demand. So it's like he double. Yeah, he could have just, yeah, for sure. Even if he bought them at normal price, he would have made at least double his money. But then Double or triple, for sure. Yeah, he could have, or bought them and tripled them that night. What's the lesson? Buy some sheep. Don't procrastinate. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens, what happens is one of the problems well, is that fear. Fear gets in the way of stuff. True. Yeah, because that, well, like the first story, it was, oh, I could invest and there's a chance this will be a good investment. But this was literally in front of his face. I think it's also a little bit of trust, though. And he though. sealed it and do it. If he trusted that man, because he's like, I have 900. And then he also said, even if I don't have 900, I'm going to give it to you for such a great deal that it doesn't matter. And he still just wouldn't like, take him for his word. Well, he was going to have to pay the balance after he counted it the next day. But not trusting him is still fear. No. So it's I guess it's both. Trust, not trusting him led to his fear of not wanting to lose his money. When, but at the same time... Arkad is advising us that we have to be careful, you know, with our investments, that we shouldn't rush. Yeah, that we should that we should ask for advice from people who know about it. He himself knew about it. He was the he was the advice. He should have put a down payment. That that's the lesson. Put a down payment. When you are in front of an opportunity that's that you are sure is a good one, there's no yeah. Just put a down payment. Put something down. Even it's better than being like, oh, I could have made even more money. Well, at least you made something off it. Mm-hmm. It continues. Yeah. I like how this continues. It's like what Juan was saying earlier. It said, the spirit of procrastination is within all men. We desire riches, yet how often when opportunity doth appear before us, that spirit of procrastination from within doth urge various delays in our acceptance. And listening to it, we do become our own worst enemies. 
Dang. <laughs> I don't even. Wow. <laughs> Drop the mic. Yeah, talent. I, I forget. So how it's? They say that talent and intelligence only get you that far. You need. You need to act, because. So so from what I remember, if I remember correctly. It's an insane amount of I th most most people with high IQ are in the middle percentile of uh, money earners in the United States. So the people with that make the most money are not the people with the highest IQ. That makes me think of the book we read before, The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that he even said, I'm not the smartest one. I have a guy for that. Like, <laughs> he... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, this, I, I have a guy on salary for that. Yeah. I'm the one with... He doesn't uh, sit there and think about how do I make my money work for me. No, he's got a guy who sits there all day and thinks about that. Who makes probably less than him. <laughs> I was... Uh, one of my notes I wrote down earlier was even our cat was gambling on the horse on the chariot race. And everyone's like, well, why would you bet on the great horses? Everybody knows that our horses are so much better. How did you know? Was that luck? He was like, well, I wasn't. He wasn't afraid of losing the money was the point of his thing. Was yeah. that even if he lost that night, he wasn't like betting his fortune on it. Where everyone's like, oh, I'm going to go gamble for my luck. He was just for the fun of gambling. Mm -hmm. That's a good. That's a good lesson because he's not demonizing gambling. He's not saying, "Oh, you yeah. gamble. Oh, you're a bad person." No. It's it's okay. Gam no, gambling okay. is fun. You know, it can be fun. It's it's your relationship with with the activity, not when the activity he's, itself. He's gambling with what he can afford to lose. Yeah, yeah. which is kind of similar to the advice of investing. In invest what you're willing to lose. Or yeah, if you're like. You're like, oh, man, this company, then put in a little bit. But you have to know that you're, you're what risk you're putting into it. So put in 2%. I feel like we say that all the time. But I really feel like people are always too scared to even put in a little. Two. two. You know, because you got your 10%, you're saving up. So put in your 2% for now. And then if it does work, start working out, you can end up putting in the whole 10%. But at least you have some eggs starting to be collected in that basket if they happen to all get eaten by the wolf well then stuff happens <laughs> at least you're not out and also yeah also at the beginning it's it is scary to invest because there's that possibility that you're going to lose your money but as you invest and you keep doing it then the fear kind of goes away it's like with everything you need you need you just get used to it, I suppose. Your mind gets used to it, so they're like, "Hey, eh, it's, it's like." Nothing. It almost transforms, though. Instead of fear, it becomes joy. Yeah. I don't know another yeah, because it becomes a game. yeah. We look at our. I mean, that was something we were like, "Oh, it's only gone up a little. Is it gonna?" Now when we look at our investing, we're like, "Holy wow, that's like that's nice. Look at that." Yeah, it becomes a game. And that's the language that people use is the language of, of a game. I also feel like your mentality matters with it because the only reason why I'm okay with it is because I am like detached from that money. 
Yeah, that's something we had to learn for sure. And it, it, there is times where we're like, well, let's just, and we're like, no, that we call it dead money. Well, at least I do. I call it dead money. I don't know what Amanda calls it. But. Yeah, like it's not, it's non-existent to me. Even so though we have it, it's if, not touchable. If all of a sudden it was all gone tomorrow, it wouldn't really, it wouldn't really affect me because I'm not allowed to do anything with it anyways. It's like a pretty flower in your yard. You don't, you don't need it to survive. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's nice just saying, to know it's there, and it'd be sad if someone cut it down. But I'm just saying, I feel like the way that you look at it matters on on the whole situation. Because if you're worried about it, then it's it's not going to work out well for you. No. Mm-hmm. Takes the gaming out of it, then it is a chore. Yeah. So at the end, he said about procrastination. I like this part. It says. Uh, no man willingly permits the thief to rob his bins of grain, nor does any man willingly permit an enemy to drive away his customers and rob him of his profits. When once I did recognize that such acts as these my enemy was committing, with determination I conquered him, so must every man master his own spirit of procrastination before he can expect to share in the rich treasures of Babylon. Even our cat. He said that he had to fight procrastination. He said, "He said, like our friend the buyer, I also had to recognize and, car- and conquer procrastination." No, that's one of the best parts about a cat is that, like everyone realizes, he is nothing special. There is no, he's not some lucky guy. He's not some powerful guy. He's not the smartest guy. He just understands the laws of money. Look. This quote, this quote kind of summarizes our cat's point of view. It says, I do see good luck in a different light. I have thought of it as something most desirable that might happen to a man without effort upon his part. Now, I do realize such happenings are not the sort of thing one may attract to himself. From our discussion, I have learned that to attract good luck to oneself, it is necessary to take advantage of opportunities. Therefore, in the future, I shall endeavor to make the best of such opportunities as to come to me. Good luck, we do find, often follows opportunity, but seldom comes otherwise. And then he says, good luck can be enticed by accepting opportunity. Those eager to grasp opportunities for their betterment do attract the interest of the good goddess. She is ever anxious to aid those who please her. Men of action please her best. Action will lead thee forward to the successes thou dost desire. You can say that about five more times. I feel like that's... <laughs> we're, no, I really feel like that's that people's number one problem. At least we're, from what I've seen. Even when people talk at work. That's become like the worst thing ever. I don't know about anyone else. Have you ever, like, when people start talking at work, like, oh, I'm going to do this and this, and you know that they're just talking. They're not, like, serious. Like, when we have a conversation, we're like, oh, we're going to, we're like, we're thinking of ways to make our money work, but they're just blabbing about, well, one day maybe if I, like. <laughs> I'm going to do this. <laughs> when I get that million-dollar check that falls out of the sky, I'm going to buy all this, and, like, how? Like, what? what's your plan? And, like, I want to say that, but I don't know how to say it without being rude almost, like. And some people do have a plan, but it's not they're still not realistic about it. Yeah, by 50 I'll do this, but what are you going to do? Well, yeah, we have said that before, but 
lot of people have a plan but have no it's action. Do, I have guess. no goals. They have, Don't execute. They have plans but no goals. It becomes it becomes more and more evident the more and more focus you get because you realize that it's less and less people that are just as focused as you are at that at that moment. And most of the talk that it, that's going on around is just like scripts. <laughs> it feels just, like it. Just empty, empty. So it's not just me. It's purpose. empty. Yeah, uh, it's like. Are these people yeah. just procrastinators? Yeah, they're just sitting, <laughs> as they're sitting yeah. at work and have no like logical plan. They're just like they're just making when I get done with work tomorrow. And... No, they're not saying that. They're just saying in the future one day I'm going to do this, and it's like, are you? <laughs> but I don't know how to. It's <laughs> like. It's like that. Well, it's the lesson. Our God says, it, you can say, I'm going to start saving money. And that, okay, that's a fine. It's a, it's just a goal, but it's not, it's not good enough. You need to say how much money you're going to save. Your goal needs to be so precise that it can be described in one sentence. Oh, the rock thing. I've, from the beginning, I remember he was saying that if you say you're going to throw a rock, then do it. Because it, it's not just the saying you're going, like, I'm going to throw 156 rocks into the lake. He was how he was going to do it was what mattered the most. Right. But 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 then, right. No, and then I think this one was the sixth, the sixth lesson or seventh lesson. Oh, I'm sorry, cures. One of the cures where he, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, the, no, the, uh, how about the, the precision, the oh. precision of, of the, this, of your goals, how, how that you need to be very precise. It's not enough to say, I'm going to oh, be yeah. rich or I'm going to save money. You have to say, I'm going to save a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, or I'm going to have a million dollars. That's, you have to be very precise in the goal. But they have to be attainable too, which mm-hmm. really is a problem for most people is they're, I'm going to save a hundred dollars a month. And then that is easy to do for a month, maybe two, maybe three. But then that fourth month, something happens and you can't do it anymore. So now you all oh, make it up later and you never do. What more can we say about about the goddess of good luck? Well, I think you said it perfectly last week. Um, there is no goddess of good luck. You need to make it yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you make your own luck. <laughs> if you're not in opportunities way, it can't find you. So what we have to do now is, now that we know all the cures, we take care of our work, we save, we invest, we see the returns. Now we need to start, what, looking for opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily looking for opportunities, but looking or acknowledging the opportunities that are finding you. Yeah, acknowledge opportunities that are right there in front of your face. So you can start seeing them everywhere. I can, I'm talking about myself personally right now. I'm not going into detail, but there are plenty of them. I'm sure everybody's got them. I have one. So I just realized that the place I work at pays an insane amount of money for glasses. The same glasses that you can buy for much less in any other store. So I'm thinking, dude, I could buy the glasses and then sell them to the place I work at. And then they would be saving money and I would be making money because they're paying so much. Oh, so that's a Dude, problem. Find out how much your place. That's yeah. And there's a solution. Dang. Hmm. See? 
find the menu. And then they're saying there's the same thing with linen. I'm, I'm pretty sure that most places around are overpaying for their linen and their glasses. Hmm. Huh. Well, yeah, that's something I never even you think twice about. Unless you're there. I'm thinking like just just two boxes. You can buy two boxes of glasses and then sell those two boxes. You would already make your money back. and because they, they will buy the glasses. You know how fast they break those things. Well, I was going to purposely take them, chuck a whole rack. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Alita said. On record. <laughs> yep. <laughs> They're coming for you now. Um, um, I am innocent, Your Honor. I'm excited about next week's chapter. The Five Laws of Gold. I was, I was sneaking ahead. It looks really good. I'm excited. Now we, talk, we learn about... Our cat's son. I want to know. Like, there's an heir to the there, fortune. There's actually five laws of gold, but then like you keep flipping the pages, and then it goes into detail on like each one of the five. Look, one, two, oh, three. Wow. Yeah, it looks good. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all broken down. Yeah, it's a great chapter. It's really a good chapter. It, the book just gets better and better. So far, no complaints on my end. I am. Like you said, we always get excited for mm-hmm. the next one. I know. All right, I guess we'll cut it there. See everybody next week. Chapter 5, The Five Laws of Gold. See you there. <laughs> Bye. Peace.